Hey there! Thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG! We are an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition livestreamed actual play campaign set in an original, non-colonial, anti-orientalist world. I am your Game Master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Nocturzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they-she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half-orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they-them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakoko artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. As a heads up, this podcast contains sound effects that might be jarring to some audiences. We do not utilize jump scares, but if you're sonically sensitive, please be aware. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include romance and flirting, descriptions of food and eating, chewing noises, alcohol and substance use, and blood and bloodletting. Arc 2, Episode 10. Love on a Wax Platter from We Are Not Quitters by Andrea Jenkins. Mr. Kim, though he insists you call him Solar, sits across a table from you, Oka. This table has been set up inside the marshy wood that borders the southern edge of the south shore in green open water a harbor village in the court of ravens. And the surface of this table is currently laden with cold noodles, fresh vegetables, steamed fish, and tea. Oka, after you accepted Solar's romantic invitation, he had led you out into these woods where this little picnic area had already been set up. Remember, you're here because you want that tag on the ear of the monster you defeated, a tag that might be able to prove the URL's involvement with the beasts of the Cataclysm. Solar picks up a cucumber with a pair of chopsticks and dips it into some soy sauce. I uh, tried to find the driest parcel of forest I could procure for our date. What do you think? I think it's a little bit assumptive that you set this up before I even said yes. You realize that I could have just punched you, right? You don't think it's confident? I thought people found confidence attractive. Unplaced confidence is annoying. You haven't touched your noodles yet, dear. They're quite good, hand-pulled. I just ate. Oka, I think, still has their oatmeal bowl. <laughs> I think they they have gotten dressed, I think. Uh, they went back and like they're wearing their normal clothes. They put their armor back on. Their oatmeal bowl is kind of placed on the corner of the table still. Let's cut to the chase. You want the tag? I have the tag. I want a date. You have a conversation. So let's converse. Tell me about yourself. About myself? I asked you out, not anyone else. I don't particularly like talking about myself. uh, At least not without 
a few drinks, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. What do you want to know? I traveling here in the Court of Ravens. I uh, okay, kind of. This is not their forte. They like trail off a little bit. Uh, and then to kind of like fill the awkward space that they've created, they grab the bowl of noodles and start like shove, like shoveling it in, like so that they, their mouth is too full to talk. I see. Well, maybe it'll make you feel a little bit more comfortable if I open up first. Well, let's see. My name is Solar, Solar Kim. I work for a bunch of eggheads from the Uhanahi Research Laboratory. I've been working for them for a couple of years now at this point. I'm not from the kingdom of Uharahi originally. I hail from Jukai, a little uh, tribe that I'm sure you've never heard of, unless you're from that neck of the woods as well, literally speaking. But uh, something happened. I left. I've been traveling the world, and uh, the research laboratory thought that my skills might be better employed under their service. How long have you been traveling with your friends, Oka? Since Adeline, they say, like, around a mouthful of noodles. Uh, and I think their ear perked a little bit when Solar said that he was from Jukai. Where, <clears throat> where in Jukai are you from? Kinongbo, the capital. Uh, he pauses, he munches on his cucumber, and then he says, Truth be told, Oka, there's another reason I wanted to take you out on this date. There's something you should know about my employers. And we are going to cut now to V. V, you stand on the shore of the Black Tongue River next to a very nervous minotaur, dressed in what you assume must be their version of fancy. Koi's horns are polished and wreathed in flowers. They have swapped out their nose ring for one with a gem in the middle, and they are wearing a very pretty blue mumu or a kind of loose, brightly colored dress. Their hooves scuff anxiously against the muddy soil as they, they look around and sort of wring their hands, and they say to you, uh, are they coming, V? Oh, yes, don't worry. Uh, they may just... Trust me, I've I've been traveling with Oka for a very long time. They get... It takes them a long time to get ready. They, they never know which pair of booty shorts they want to wear. It's, it takes a long time. Oh, well... You think on a first date they would wear... Well, anyway, I don't want to get my hopes up. Just We've just been waiting for 45 minutes and You're they right. trail off. You know, maybe I should go back to where we're staying and just check on them real quick and just make sure that they're uh, okay. Because I, I want you to have the best night, day, time of your life. And um, maybe... You know what it is? I bet Oka is just as nervous as you are. I bet really? that they... Oh, I mean, oh. look at you. You're such a fancy minotaur. Oh, it's thank just, you. Who wouldn't be just smitten right now? Just, I mean, I know I'm, I'm having to control myself right now, friend. It's, it's intense. Oh. <laughs> uh, they giggle at that. A very um, unexpected kind of high-pitched giggle from this huge minotaur person. They just say, oh, well, yeah. Well, will you please go check on Oka? And <clears throat> I'm really sticking my neck out here for you, V. I mean, mutiny. That's, And all I'm asking for is a date, so... Please, just one date, and and I won't tell my captain about this mutiny stuff. You're right. I'll, I'll be right back, or or Oka. If I'm not back, Oka will be the next person you see. And he sort of like turned <laughs> off. Oh and God. Okay. Goes around a corner and okay. 
I'm, what, I guess I got. What happens when you round the corner again, V? When you uh, review, when you come come back out? Uh, well, I'm gonna cast disguise self and uh -huh. become an Oka. <laughs> and um, and V's gonna be, oh, Oka, how wonderful to see you, friend. Coishes uh, <laughs> around the corner, and then I, oh well, thanks, V. I guess I'll. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Thanks for setting this up. And uh, so like, I'm, I'm dressed, I'm Oka, but like, imagine a really gay black tux. It's not black, it's it's all the, the color, it's like the grays and blues with like gold um, hems and everything and comes around, but like <laughs> tuxedo shorts. <laughs> Because it's you know it's a swamp, but they're very like fitting shorts. And Oka comes around the corner and is like, "Oh, uh, sorry, I'm uh, late." I'm sorry. Did you say tuxedo shorts? Is your no. version of Oka wearing booty shorts and like tuxedo linens? They're like tuxedo booty shorts. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, somebody. I'm to fucking draw this. losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. Oh my god. Someone needs to draw the stat. Okay. Uh, Koi immediately stops wringing their hands, and they look starstruck, looking at UV, pretending to be Oka, and they say, well, you, you look beautiful. Where's V? I have to thank her for arranging this. Oh, uh, you know, three's a crowd. We don't really care. Uh, sh she ran off. She's probably going to go rip off a joint. Um, probably try to steal from the URL, you know, uh, V things. Well, she shouldn't. They've got a lot of wards in place to protect stuff on the ship. You know, she gets in all sorts of trouble. I just stop caring at this point. Uh, let's well, let's focus yeah. on, on uh, this. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. <clears throat> well, I, I was thinking maybe we could go fishing together. Uh, and they procure like a, a, a net, like from behind their back. Would you like to join me? Wow, you really know how to catch my heart with that <gasps> net. Uh, you see Koi's eyes literally turn into hearts. Like, they literally turn into, like, little heart emojis. They go, oh, oh, my goodness. Uh, and they blush heavily through their through their brown fur. And as you walk off with them off, like, around, you know, to another part of the shore, V, from the corner of your eye, you see Rev uh, leaning against a cabin, just sort of, like, uh, she's whittling her knife as usual, and she's just sort of staring. Uh, and in her face, you see something, a rather dark expression uh, as you walk off with Koi. Um, and we, we cut now as, you're, as you walk past Mahu's favor, we zoom onto the uh, deck where Manaya, you're standing on this wooden deck helping the sailors uh, repair uh, the extensive damage dealt to Mahu's favor. The captain, as you're helping and presumably keeping an eye out for Dewey, who's gone below deck, right? Helping keep that uh, excuse up, right? The captain, uh, who's an older human woman who had introduced herself earlier uh, as Akamu, she actually waves you over. And she's got like a peg leg going on. And she like sort of leans leans on a cane. Hey, uh, Manaya, right? And she is actually speaking to you in Uhan. Manaya's a little startled at this. Even though these are Uhan sailors, she was expecting to be speaking in common. And she turns around and does a Nuhana salute and goes, uh, oh, yes, uh, Captain. She squints at you for just a moment, her brown skin sort of wrinkling around her bright, dark eyes. You're Kahealani's kid, aren't you? I can see it in the eyes. Long way from home, Wairua. Yes. Yes, I am. Sorry for your loss. A 
Kahealani, we, we sort of grew up together in a sense of the word. Had a couple of drinks back in the day. Uh, really shame what happened to your parents. Just be glad you weren't put on that ship with them. Glad you're still around. That's the thing about the sea, ain't it? About Mahu. She gives and she takes. And they say yeah. everything happens for a reason. I'm not saying your parents' deaths were supposed to happen, but I hope you've become stronger because of it. You know, sailors like us, we survive. Something I learned from my mother is surviving is what but one part of living. Ha! Huh. That does sound like something she'd say after she... What? What was his name again? Was it, uh, Nafua? Ah, uh, yeah. Always thought he was much too soft for her. She deserved a nice, tough girl. But, uh, in a way, the two of them sort of worked out, didn't they? Come, come. Let's, uh, let's do some work. Take your mind off of it. Yes, let's get some work done. Let me know what you need. You can yeah. put your faith in me, Captain. Thank you. And she gives you a salute back and says, At ease, at ease. You know, we could use a strong pair of hands like yours. I don't know what your relationship is with those other, you know, outsiders, but if you're looking for work, we're always hiring, even after the cataclysm. And she hands you a hammer. We've got a, a rather big job we're doing, and and she's thinking, what would V say? What would V say? <laughs> it's like, what would Jesus do? But what would V say? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, she takes the hammer and says... I appreciate the offer, and as soon as we're done with what we're doing, it might take a while, I'll be honest. I'll have to take you up on that. And as you take the hammer, finally, last but not least, we, we see, we zoom from the hammer, like, down, like, down to the floorboards, and, like, below, below deck. I was gonna oh. say, what are you, what are you going down on Mania for? Like, <laughs> no, 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 you gotta, you gotta go over no, before no, you go. go. Yeah, yeah, we go, we go down from the hammer. Uh, last, and we see actually the camera pans down, and we see at the end of a dark hallway. Dewey, you stand at the threshold of the living quarters of Doctor Ting. The light of the sunless sky doesn't penetrate through here. Everything smells dark and musty and rather brined with seawater. Dr. Ting's door hangs open, your lock-picking device unsheathing itself from the knob. As uh, this door swings open, that feeling of primal unease, right, of, of this instinctual anxiety rises to a fever pitch within you, like there's a hummingbird trapped inside your chest. Dr. Ting's quarters are fairly large. Nothing at all like Mr. Kim's cramped, sparse room. It appears to span the width of the stern, uh, making it about 20, 25 feet wide or so and about 15 feet deep. The shades over the portholes are drawn, but you're still able to see a desk, a bed, couch, rug. This is because something inside this space is glowing. Uh, more specifically, multiple things inside this space are glowing. Attached to the walls, sort of displaced unevenly along the furniture affixed to the ceiling and to the floor, are eyes. Red, glowing eyes with swiveling pupils that as soon as you opened that door, fix themselves. They all swivel at once and they stare at you and Dewey standing there like a wash in this blood-red glow from this room. Make a charisma saving throw. <laughs> cool. Cool way to start. <laughs> 13? Dewey, 
As you stand there, I'm gonna give you a hard choice. You either feel compelled to flee or you are rooted to the spot. I think Dewey just freezes. Okay, what does it look like as he freezes? Do, do your feathers puff up? He's like about to take a step into the room. Um, so he's like, his feet are like apart and he's, his eyes are fixed on the eyes on the wall, kind of darting around, but he's like now moving an inch. Is your detect magic still active? I think so. Okay. These eyes were the points of divination magic you could sense uh, from about halfway down the hallway. And as soon as the pupils, the irises swivel onto you, you're like stuck there like a deer in headlights. The pupils you see, they're sort of shifting, formless. You see them like almost like there's like a, a sort of like void magic at their center. Um, they seem to form just like a regular circle. And then it seems like mitosis happens and they become like double pupils, almost like okas. And then they like smush back together and become like a, a starburst explosion. And then they, they, they form hard edges and become like a diamond, you know, and then they become like a cross, which then flips over and becomes inverted. And it's just like these pupils are formless. They're always shifting like size and, and even color and shape. Uh, And as you're there with all of these eyes trained on you, frozen to the spot, you feel the magic begin to change. The divination magic begins to swirl and transform. And it turns into evocation, which you would know is the same kind of magic that powers like fireball and like... (laughs) So, so Dewey, what do you do in in that split second? I close the door. of like, (laughs) okay, you close the door and the the glow like is immediately like, like swallowed by this boundary. You can still see it leaking out from underneath the door. You don't hear anything. You don't hear like the thump of something against the door, anything like that. But that uneasy feeling had sort of amplified when you could see it. And now it's sort of like died down, but it's still thrumming there. What do you do? I run up to the deck and find Manaya as quickly as possible. <laughs> okay, Dewey, you're like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you run down the corridor, you scramble, you scramble paws up the ladder, uh, and as, as you're, are you trying to like hide the fact that you were down there or are you so frazzled that that's not even on your mind? Yeah, I'm like doing the fast like power walk thing where you... <laughs> Don't I be should suspicious. Be running, but... Don't be suspicious. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, Manaya, as you're hammering in like a, a slat, you sort of hear like a, a, a soft bang as like the trapdoor leading below deck opens and Dewey scrambles out looking literally so traumatized. Uh, <laughs> and as you're scrambling out, like a nearby sailor goes, hey, whoa, hey, you were supposed to go down there. I was looking for a bathroom. Manaya, Manaya, we gotta go. <laughs> Manaya. Manaya turns around and actually still in kind of an Uhan mode, uh, goes, Dewey, are you all right? You, you look... Everything's... Great. We should. Can you come with me, please? Over here, <laughs> pointing off the ship. Uh, right. Um, Manaya takes her hammer in both arms, uh, and just drives like this nail, which was like maybe like a a, a third into the wood, just like completely into the wood. Uh, and is like, uh, right. Uh, Captain, be right back. Of course. Though you should tell your companion uh, he shouldn't be down there. That's that's not where the sailors' quarters are or the bathrooms. I was really. looking for a bathroom. Uh, there, well, there's all. She gestures at the river. Uh, Great, <laughs> let's go. Sorry, he he doesn't do ships. Normally, there's a porthole down there, but that's an old design. We'll be right back. 
Dewey, you you clamber down like the plank, that's sort of like the gangplank, right? Uh, le- leading Manaya down, and Manaya, you can sense this like nervous manic energy like coming off of Dewey. Like clearly, he saw some shit. And I think at this point, as Dewey, as you lead Manaya down this gangplank, we cut now again to Oka. Oka puts the noodles down, and they look like over their shoulder into the woods where they just came from, and they nod and kind of like lean in a little bit over the table. Right. I was kind of wondering why you chose to spend your time with the eggheads. You know, there's a reason why I set up this picnic in the middle of the woods so far away from the Black Tongue. I didn't want our conversation to be interrupted by anyone. And here I thought you thought I was cute. I mean, I still do. Uh, But that's a better excuse than, hey, there's something going on with my employers that I'm too scared to tell other people about. But here you come along and... Listen, Oka, there have been rumors for a while now at the URL. Mostly they were just jokes, you know, water cooler conversation. And Oka, I don't know if you know what a water cooler is. Okay, yeah, the water cooler, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he says, there have been rumors that are sort of gaining root at the upper brass of the URL, including the president. And, you know, this would be the head researchers on their various expeditions and projects are uh, cultists that they ascribe to this kind of doomsday cult that they saw the cataclysm coming even. What, you mean like the chrysalis? <laughs> Nothing like the chrysalis. My theory with the chrysalis is they're just a bunch of opportunists, right? Trying to exploit people's lack of faith now that the stars and the gods are gone. No, this is, you know, for the longest time I thought it was just rumors, you know? Talking about how your boss is the literal devil, stuff like that. Harmless gossip, but I don't know, Oka. I'm just the muscle, they don't tell me anything. But the kinds of things I've seen, the kinds of things they've made me do, it doesn't feel right. Tell me, you are just the muscle, but we see things, don't we? Things we're not supposed to. We listen, they don't think we do. What happened that changed your mind? After the Cataclysm, teams started bringing back these monsters for research. Wasn't so unusual at first, we've always had an interest in entities, and observing them, I thought, of course, it's natural. And Dake's foremost research facility, of course, is gonna want to know more about these monsters plaguing our realm. I thought nothing of it. But they're... I don't know. The way that some of these eggheads, these researchers, talk about them, it's almost like they've dealt with them before. There's almost a kind of familiarity. And now, with the false hydra, the tag... That all but confirms the fact that at least some people at the URL, I don't know, maybe maybe these monsters aren't from out there at all. Maybe they were created in a lab. You don't think that some other team could have just come up and tagged this thing right after Adolin? It's been a few months. If they were created in a lab, then how did they get deployed? Why on Adolin? Do you think... Do you think the URL caused the vanishing? The cataclysm? That's... Listen, I don't know much about tech, but that's a little far out there. 
and I've been all over the world myself. I have never seen one of these before, ever. <laughs> yeah, I know. Saying it out loud makes me feel like I'm crazy, but I don't know, Oka. It's, it's just a hunch. I, I guess I just wanted someone to know. That's all. Oka reconsiders, Mr. Kim. They tilt their head a little bit. Thank you. It's helpful knowing what we know, which is basically nothing. They're like thinking really, really hard. It is kind of funny though, right? Like it's basically a Hydra. You called it a false Hydra. I called it the Hydra Flayer because it's kind of like a Mind Flayer and a Hydra, right? I guess that's one way of looking at it. A false Hydra is the name the Eggheads have come up with for it. Yeah, well, that name is stupid. Do you think they could have... Like, what if they had a Hydra and a Mind Flayer? Do you think that they could have, like, I don't know, stitched them together? There's a pause. He considers this. And then he says, Oka, on the bridge, why were you screaming? With the soul bag, did something happen? That makes Oka shut the fuck up right away. (laughs) They're like, don't remember it. Um, They kind of lean back and like bite the spot in their lip that has been like carved away by the scar. Uh, I mean, I was, I just tried to talk to it, but the connection that I built was stronger than anticipated. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Hey, go fuck yourself, all right? I was trying to help. I didn't know. I didn't know that they could just <laughs> just jump right in, right? <laughs> Who would have fucking thought? Uh, he, he actually laughs at that. Uh, he chuckles at you, um, uh, sort of like blinking like one gold eye and one silver eye. Uh, and then he says, you know, I knew it was the right decision to tell you, not anyone else. I guess I guess I see a little bit of myself in you. Are you good at sword fighting? Hell yeah, I'm good at sword fighting. It's too bad I wasn't really able to show off as much as I wanted to. I'll shut the fuck up and just take your sword out. Okay. Uh, He laughs and he um, unbuckles the short swords, right, that are at his hip. And he drops them to draw the the long sword, the two-hander that's strapped to his back. Uh, And as he draws it out, you see like a very ornate design of the hilt as well as the pommel. It doesn't look like any anywhere you've you've been before really it looks distinctly jukan in design as he takes out just sort of like an emerald hilt and there's like garlands of leaves sort of etched up the blade and he stands well that's one way of ending the date oka kind of like nods their head at the two short swords they're like throw me one he does they'll catch it in midair because they're hot and cool that is not maker model of the url that much i know it's certainly not but that is and he points at the short sword he just caught Actually, it reminds you of Dewey's sword. Uh, it's very like sleek, you know, no frills, no wings really attached to it. But it's the the the, the make looks very similar to Dewey's sword uh, if it were a short sword instead of like longer. Uh, and as you take it and, and you step away from the table, he readies to spar with you. Oh no, we're sparring on the table. Oka gets up on the oh. table. Okay, great. Yeah, he gets up on the table and he says, first person to knock some food to the ground loses." You still owe me one hundred and fifty gold pieces, by the way. How about if I win? Let's call it even. When I win, I get the tag, the gold, and you cook me dinner again, because this was actually pretty good. He laughs and he lunges. 
On his lunge, we cut now to V and Koi. The two of you are fishing in the river, maybe like 20 or 25 feet away from Maku's favor. Koi is sort of like, has like the net, you know, on the riverbank. They're actually swishing it around and they pull up like a net full of crabs that were on the shore. What are you doing? V Oka is just standing there like, uh, wow, you're, uh, you're pretty good at catching fish and stuff. I like, I don't want to say twiddling thumbs, but uh, definitely like really has no interest, but just is like trying to be like, is continuing to like watch and just be like, yeah, you're uh, really good at this. Thank you. Uh, I learned how to do this from my mom. She, she was really good at me catching crabs and shellfish and stuff. It's different when it's fresh water, though. I'm just curious what it's going to be like to, you know, cook some food in a place where nothing, no one can die. I mean, are these, what are you going to do with these? Oh, I never thought about that, actually. Uh, and they look a little traumatized looking down at these little crabs inside their <laughs> net. They go, wait, if I boil them, they'll just keep living. So if I eat them, they'll be alive inside me? I mean... I don't want to give you nightmares, but I think I just gave you nightmares. Gah! Oh! Mm. And you see that Koi looks, like, very shaken. Like, they're shivering hey. a little bit. Hey, it's okay. Mm. Why don't you, uh, come out of this river here and we can, uh, warm up over here on the shore? Oh. You see, they're, like, little pink nose, like, flushes. Okay. Uh, and they dump the crabs back into the river. And they, like, wring out the net and they let it dry on a post and they follow you to where, where do you lead them? Trying to find some type of dry spot that could contain two people. Uh, as, yeah, maybe like a little porch area in front of one of the non-destroyed cabins from the from the monster fight. Uh, as he sits down, Koi just goes, you know, um, this is really dumb, but I thank you so much for agreeing to go on a date with me. Ever since I saw you fly off over the roof after having beaten that monster and saved all of our lives, I... I don't know. There's not a lot of heroes left in the world, and I, I'm not a hero. I'm just uh... <laughs> stop laughing. <laughs> Sorry, I keep laughing. It's so fucking funny. Oh, I'm not a hero. I just, uh, you know, I like to fight monsters and kill stuff. You know, I'm just doing my job. Oh, but. That's really cool. I I kind of, I became a sailor, you know, because it was what my dad did, but also because I I just wanted to see all sorts of different people and <clears throat> well, people like you give me hope. You know, after the cataclysm, I I lost my parents actually, and um Captain Akamut sort of took me in, you know, kept me going, but to be honest, I was I was sort of losing hope. For the world, everywhere I looked, people were losing homes, losing jobs, losing family. But you make me feel like it could be different. Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you shouldn't look up to me. Um, I just, you know, I'm real fucked up, and you should just, oh. you know, I'm glad you have hope and stuff. But uh, that hope comes, uh, comes unexpectedly. From they they hug you. They sort of like swatter you up in like a big fuzzy hug and they go, I'm so sorry. You must have lost people as well. Who did you lose? Oh, um, you know, I kind of lost everybody a long, long time ago. So really the cataclysm is just sort of 
just been my life anyway. Um, I'm so sorry you know. to hear that. Was it your parents? Did you have siblings? Yeah. Um, they, yeah, all, they're all, they're all gone. I'm alone in the world. Oh. I'm, I've got nothing. My life is black darkness and I'm just, you know, the stars are gone. So just like my life. <laughs> <laughs> On a date, all is lost, and there is no hope in the world. <laughs> God, we might as well lie in the darkness and suffer. Fucking hell! You're you're so complex. You say all these things about yourself, but you're a beacon of light. Well, you know, I do have a pretty badass flame sword. At one point, that was a whoa! Nice what a flaming sword! Can I see? <laughs> Please. Uh, you know, I have to like cut myself deeply to do it. It kind of hurts a lot. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I did notice that you were using your blood to lash yourself to the monster. That was so cool. Yeah, I have a thing for blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, they're. they're, they're... <laughs> I literally almost just choked to death. <laughs> let's cut from that. <laughs> let's, let's cut from that uh, to Dewey and Manaya. Dewey, Dewey, Dewey. Where have you taken Manaya? Probably. <laughs> is there like a cabin? Uh, the closest cabin, like behind it? Sure. Um, on the other sure. side of the ship. Okay. You're fairly secluded here. It's just you and Manaya. You can hear the hammering of hammers against nails from the from the ship by the black tongue, but, but not much else. Rev is leaning against a different cabin. Uh, she's sort of squatting against it, and you see her, like, you know, in the, in the shade, and her hood's up. She is whittling a knife. Her shoulders are sort of bundled up. She looks conflicted. Manaya, like, not just doing is like, hey, should she know too? Yeah, actually, the more protection I can give, the... the... And then he, like, uh, makes, like, a sharp turn towards Rev. Rev looks up, her golden eyes sort of glimmering darkly. You see, like, on her, like, kind of ashen, pale, like, drow-like face. Like, yeah, there's, like, some conflict. She looks disturbed. She looks a little, uh, um, a little irritated, maybe? Like, her, her dark eyebrows are knotted together. Some, like, limpid hair hangs in front of her eyes. And her muscles sort of bulge in kind of an irritated way underneath her leather armor. <laughs> I just need to like re muscles re bulge irritatedly. <laughs> can't do muscles, this. Muscles bulge in frustration. <laughs> My bulging angry muscles. Yeah, I just, somebody take a drink. Everyone is too thirsty in here. I know, right? Uh, speaking of which, I'm actually hydrate ten minutes ago, and y'all didn't do shit. I anyway. almost died. I choked. I did. I read. Anyway, uh, Rev looks up and says, "Yeah, okay," uh, and she stands and begins to follow you, Dewey and Manaya. Uh, as soon as we get to the, like, as soon as we get behind the nearest cabin, I'm like, their eyes, they're, they're, like, magic eyes in the, in the ship. I don't know what the hell is going, hey, I don't know hey. what the hell is going. Deep breath. <gasps> eyes, like, red and staring at me and gonna attack me. I don't know, I, I don't know what's going on. Well, hold on, hold Off on. in the beginning. Yeah. I opened the door to... I was under the uh, below deck, and I opened the door to the head researcher, um, head researcher's 
headquarters, I guess, and... Sing, was it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't keep track of their names. Uh, there were just eyes all over, the, like... What, what do you mean, like, floating. eyes? Like, flo like were they painted on? What? They were just, like, magical glowing red, staring at me, staring into my soul. Uh, hey, And then hey. they changed... Uh, hey. Uh, Rev steps forward, actually, uh, and she, like, like, puts a hand on your shoulder to calm you down. Do your, it's gonna be okay, alright? They didn't follow you out I don't, here. Did you hear what I just said? It's not going- What part of glowing, magical, malicious eyes is okay? Rev glances at you, Manaya. Rev, he's right. I don't know if any, everything's going to be okay. Given everything, we can never know. But do we? Thank you for telling us this. The more people who know this, the better. And, well, the researchers can't know that we know. Hold on. Were there wings, too? Like, in our dreams. Wings. Yeah, just eyes. Hmm. Wait, what do you know? It's just ever since you all came into my life, spouting this paragon nonsense, saying we're all connected because of destiny or whatever, I learned from V that the dreams we were having, they, they're starting to make more sense if all of us have them and we all wake up at the same time. I... I don't really remember what happens in them. They escape me pretty much as soon as I wake up, but I'm, I do remember a few things. I remember eyes, and I remember wings and blood. I don't know. What you said about eyes, it just it struck a chord. Blood. Dewey, was there blood? You said red. red. I'm sure there would have been blood if I'd stayed there for another second. What do you mean they were about to attack you? How can eyes attack you? I don't know. They just, I, they, something in them changed, and I just felt like I was in danger. I mean, I felt like I was in danger the whole time, but, like, imminent. Let's find a place that isn't outside. Maybe the cabin we're staying in? The three of you retreat into your cabin. It's quiet, and you're alone. What do you do? Dewey, you worked for the URL. Do you think this is some sort of weapon? As it turns out, everything they do is a weapon. As it turns out? What do you mean? None of their research is just, like, research for advancing science's sake. It's all... I don't know what they have to do with this, with everything that's going on, but I'm, I don't, something they did caused it. Do you think this room is going to be a danger to us once we commandeer the ship? Yeah, I'm not stealing this ship with those eyes still there. I don't know. And we have to find For a way I know to they're communicating. Them. Exactly. We have to find a way to get rid of them, right? If we want this plan yeah. to continue and succeed. I was totally prepared to disable any like, technological uh, tracking devices, but I don't know how to deal with that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm kind of due to this magic thing, but me too. magic concentrated like that should have a source, right? Someone to mold it from the weave. So if it was in Dr. Tsing's office, then I suppose he's the one we need to do something about. Oh. I could kill him. I believe in your abilities, Rev, but even if we do take- he's dangerous. I don't know if we can take him down, and even if we can, he has a team of scientists with Ma who knows what's up in their sleeves. Dewey, were you able to find any information? He said it was his room. Did, you, did he have any notes, journals, or anything like that? Probably. I didn't get a chance to look at them before I felt like I was going to die. Right. Probably. Right, right. Was it- you said it was below decks, was it- could there be, like, a portal we could look through? 
anything. There are portholes, but they're covered. Uh, and I'm not going back in that room to uncover them. We need to find Ilka. They know more about, I don't know, symbols and eyes than probably we do, unless Rev. Sorry, not ringing a bell. Oka might be our best bet. V also or... might know something about magic. V doesn't right. know anything. Where, weren't <laughs> <What>? you? <laughs> Never mind. Uh... Uh, <laughs> and, and maybe off that, let's cut to Oka. Uh, finishing up your sparring match with Solar Kim. So let's just make a quick roll to see how well you do. Let's just roll athletics. Go for it. Can it be acrobatics yes. instead? Yes, it can. <laughs> 24. Wow. Okay, yeah. You you beat him soundly. You beat Solar in your sparring match. So how does it how do you beat him? Yeah, I think it's kind of it's cute and fun. You know, like it's like one, two, three. Oka shifts into like a dueling stance, kind of like how they did when they were fighting the Tide Wolves. Like one on one and not with a monster, their fighting style is a little bit different. It's a little bit more polished, actually. And they move like just like one, two, three. Like they know exactly where to put their feet. And they're like, your footwork is uh, lacking a little bit as they like one, two, you know, push him to the edge and then like parry, come back. You know, it's it's a hot sword fight, right? And I think the way that they win is that maybe like it seems like he's about to like sweep like their feet out from underneath them. And Oka will like jump up in the air and let their radiant soul out so they can like like one flap flutter so they don't knock anything down or fall and they like kick him square in the chest and send him flying off. Oh, it's cute. You're like, this is cute. I'm gonna destroy this man. <laughs> I'm gonna ruin this man's whole career. Yeah, as you uh, land the final flourish against him, he goes, whoa, and he's kicked off and he laughs as he, as he like skids like off, off the table. And as you land back down at the table, your like, wings are splendid, holding that short sword. We are drawn into your double-pupiled eyes uh, as you're standing there in this perfect stance. We see now, as if as we go close on your face and then we pull out, we see a younger Oka, without without a scar, <laughs> without without any scars on their face, standing there holding a sword in a perfect sword fighting stance, uh, and their hair is not short; it is in fact very, very long. Oka, or should I say, Makoya. You stand in the center of a courtyard, surrounded by beautifully trimmed hedges, crystal clear fountains, gushing water, and no fewer than three a dozen people crowding the edges, watching an exhibition match between you and that motherfucker. Uh, the motherfucker stands across from you in the arena. He is beautiful. He is confident. He is an asshole. Uh, he is dressed in robes made of silk just a little bit better than yours. He is wearing a his hair in a ponytail girded there by a golden pin that's just a little bit more expensive than yours. And he is carrying a sword, a rapier. Uh, that is just a little bit more well-crafted than yours. And we sort of hear a voice like booming out, right? Like over the uh, open ceiling of this manicured courtyard. And the voice goes, now the moment you've all been waiting for. And this is all in two, the language of the kingdom of Too Long. 
In one corner, we have Prince Makoya Hien, son of consort Hien Arden, second born to the slumbering emperor. And there's like polite applause, you know, scattered amongst everyone watching. Uh, And then the voice goes on to say, and in the other corner, we have Prince Mo Jingqin, son to Queen Mo Guilin, first wife of the slumbering emperor, first born himself to the emperor. And like the clapping gets like a lot louder, you know, like everyone's like, everyone's like screaming and cheering, you know, and then like all of a sudden the clapping like dies down as someone on an elevated platform who is watching this match from like a second story of this balcony. Think like hanging gardens of Babylon. The emperor of the kingdom of Long, their face shaded by fans, right? Like you can't see what they look like, but you see their flowing robes that go all the way down to the ground and actually spill out uh, over the edge of this balcony. As the emperor, you just see behind the fan like raises a hand and everyone goes quiet immediately. And then, in a voice so quiet only you can hear, Prince Mo Jingqin, though you know him as Jing, or that asshole, snickers at you and says, Hey, get ready to eat shit. Makoya, how old are you when this is happening? I think I'm 16 here. Yeah, that tracks. It's time to begin. You fucking prick. Uh, what do you do as as he launches himself at you with a perfect, like a, a perfect form with a lunge forward? McCoya centers themselves and then blocks to parry. They don't even take a step back. They just block and let him get in close because they have fucking sparred with this motherfucker enough times to know that he always, he prefers to fight at range. So if he's going to come at them, fine, but he is not going to get away. As you parry and fight this this princess, you fight Jing. Both of your forms are perfect. They're exquisite, and it's like steel ringing against steel as like you like navigate your footwork and you like each try to get the upper hand. But like it's sort of like a give and take situation. There's no clear winner yet, and you sort of see out of the corner of your eye your mother, Consort Hien Arden, the fourth wife of the Emperor of Too Long. She is sitting. She's always been a little sickly, I think. So she's sitting in a wheelchair with several attendants standing nearby, watching with her hands folded across her lap. Uh, She is a rather average-looking woman, definitely not the prettiest of the emperor's wives or consorts, but there's something about her face that's kind of electric, and it lights up as she's watching you. And you just sort of see her mouth, like, go easy. Uh, as As you're lunging in, though you also see your three sisters. Uh, standing next to your mom, you see, first of all, the youngest sister, Yaya, though everyone knows her as Princess Sambaya Hien, 16th born. Uh, she's standing there. She's like bouncing. At this point, she's very young, right? Like she, she's, she's just sort of learned how to stand, I think. Um, and she's like bouncing there, looking very, she's going like, yay, Makoya, go Makoya. You know, she's like shouting from your mom's like, shh, 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 Yaya, shh, like trying to quiet her down. Um, and standing next to Yaya, also helping quiet her down, is Princess Liang Yahian, 11th born. She's got thick glasses, very big glasses on. She's actually holding like an armful of scrolls. You know, and she's got like this like short, like bob cut hair where Yaya was kind of like a little girl, like tomboy. Like she's very much like a bookworm and she's holding it. She's going, come on, Yaya, let's be quiet now. Oh, I hope Oka does the maneuvers we were talking about uh, as she like adjusts her glasses. And then finally flanking your mom, actually standing behind the wheelchair, um, the second eldest daughter, 
closest in age to you, I think only two years younger than you, uh, Oka, or rather Makoya, is Princess Toya Hien, eighth born to the emperor. And she's standing there. She looks very similar to you, Makoya. So why don't you describe to us what you look like as Makoya? As Makoya's fighting, fast, lethal, quick, polished, more polished than the way Oka fights now. They just are wearing like the same like silk pants and shirt that Prince Mua is wearing. And their hair, which is long, uh, is pulled back into like a braid that as like they step is almost like a like a whip down their back. It like touches the floor as they move. And there are still those bright blue double pupiled eyes. Yes, Atoya also wears her hair in like a long braided whip. Uh, she sort of took after you, but her face is like a l- little bit more angular than yours, a little bit, I think, more kind of like mature looking. Uh, she's standing there like with her hand, like drumming across like the handle of like your mom's wheelchair. So Oka, as you're sparring with Jing, right? It's it's starting, it's hitting a turning point in the match. This is when you're be- you're you're supposed to lose. This is when Jing's supposed to beat you. And he steps forward and thrusts for that like critical strike to start pushing you back. What do you do? I remember the very stern conversation that I just had with my mother right before this match started. And despite the fact that McCoy's hand like twitches as though it would go up to like parry that move, they hold it for a, like a second longer and then move so that it doesn't score the point yet, but is able to start pushing them back. And they like every few like steps, they like shut their instincts down to like keep moving back on the defensive. And as you keep moving back, you hear Jing sort of whisper through gritted teeth, bastard. Motherfucker. <laughs> their eyebrow twitches. Does he have double pupiled eyes? No. Uh, he is a half dragonborn. You see his mom actually also standing on the other side of the arena, sort of parallel to where your mom is sitting. His mom is is a full dragonborn, and she's, like, standing there, like, looking. No, his pupils look normal. Single pupils. Instead of parrying that one, I think Oka, like, finds his mother's gaze right behind, like, the back of his head instead of, like, looking at him. They grit their teeth, and they, instead of blocking or parrying, they just completely sidestep out of the way, whirl their sword around, and bring the tip of it to the back of his neck. So this is a clear you've beaten him moment, right? Okay, as that happens, a hush falls over the arena. This was not supposed to be the intended outcome here. You wish you were me. You whisper that, and you catch his mom's eye. Queen Guilian, who is the first wife to the emperor, is staring. If looks could kill Oka, you would be dead, resurrected, and killed again under her gaze. She is just like, and you see like puffs of like smoke coming out of her nostrils as her like red scales sort of shimmer with like barely repressed rage. Two of her like, you know, friends like lean in and they're like whispering to her and she just sort of like, like waves them away and like is like looking at you. Um, And then the announcer goes, uh, match point given to Prince... Prince Makoya Hien, second born. Uh, and everyone just, there's like scattered applause. Oka spares Prince Mua, no, the fucking asshole. No further questions, thank you. They sheath their sword and stride pridely over to their mother. 
Before you reach your mother, Queen Muagwilian, the first wife, the dragonborn woman in her robes, she steps forward and she like gets in front of you, like gets between you and your mom. And she's got like one hand on Jing's like shoulders holding him, you know, he, she, and she's like surrounded by like her, like, you know, her various consorts and like attendants. And she goes, Prince Hien. Mokoya bows, you know, but it is like, kind of like stretched out so that it's almost like a parody of itself as they bow. You come from noble blood, but clearly one half of your bloodline is muddied with disrespect and a lack of humility. And clearly your bloodline is no good at sword fighting. So not really my problem, is it? You hear your mom's voice go, Makoya, attendants part. And your sister Toya sort of like helps wheel your mom like into the fray. And Queen Moa goes, ah, Arden, are you here to take responsibility for your son's rude arrogance? And Arden sort of like bows her head and says, yes, I am. My apologies, my queen. Makoya, come. I won fair and square. She just sort of smiles, uh, and your sister and all your other sisters like are wheeled away uh, as you can he- feel like Queen Bull is like icy daggers like like glaring into your back. And when you're like like out of the way of like anyone who can hear, your mom just sort of <sighs> sighs and looks up at you and says, "Yes, dear, you did win fair and square, but that's not what this was about." But it's a fair match. They wanted to see us fight, and I'm better. I literally have always been better. Uh, your sister Toya sort of like stops wheeling your mom and says, that's not the point, Makoya. Look, there's a lot going on here. And I, and your mom just goes, it's okay, Toya. It's okay. Makoya, I know your head's strong, but there are certain compromises we have to make if we want to continue living here and being a happy family. It's the only thing I'm good at. <laughs> it's the only thing I can do. Can't I just have this? And Makoya stomps away angrily uh and on mccoya stomping away angrily we pull back to the present uh where oka you are posed above solar kim who's on the ground with your wings spread out Uh, and as you sort of like like flutter back down onto the ground for just a second your wings actually they glitch right uh almost like a uh you would have no frame of reference for this because TVs don't exist here, but it's like if like a there's like static on, on, on a television screen. And then right before your wings shatter and disappear into a thousand pieces, both you and solar see eyes opening up in inky voids of black and red uh, spread across your wings. And then... The feeling's gone, and it feels like something in your chest is, like, jumping. There's, like, a spike of pain in your solar plexus. What do you do? <coughs> yeah. Oka kind of, like, falls and... Or it doesn't fall, necessarily, but they stumble. I... Th- <laughs> I think we should get back. I think we should get back. And Oka just turns and walks quickly. Kind of like how Dewey was walking around. They, like, basically run away. Okay, you run away from the pretty boy. Uh, and as you leave Solar in the muck and soil, let us go back to V. You are finishing up your date with Koi. Koi mm-hmm. uh, has somehow procured some desserts for you, some freshly cut fruits in a bowl. They are offering it to you as they're, as they're eating at like a strawberry and some grapes. 
Oh, Oka, I, I had a really good time today. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is a, this is a real girl. Mm. This, you know, this would be real good with oatmeal right now, let me tell you. Mm. But you know what, this is good too. Um, you know, uh, Koi, I just want to like, let you know that like, you're, you're pretty cool and stuff, but, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I'm probably gonna get destroyed. I mean, there's this prophecy, I don't know, there's just all this stuff going what? on in my uh, life right now. A what? A prophecy? Well, you know, there's, you know, I've also got a god inside me and some what? other things. You have a god? Just, what? What do, you, what do you mean, I'm Oka? Stop, Koi. I'm just saying you shouldn't get involved with someone like me, okay? I'm just saying you're really sweet and I, I think you're an amazing, amazing minotaur, but I just really, I think, um... You know, I, I just don't want you to get attached because, um, you know, I'm I'm destructive. Uh, oh, but Oka, I feel like I can fix you. I feel, I feel like I feel like if I got to know you better, maybe I could change you and fix the pain that's inside your heart. Oh, oh, Koi, that's the most beautiful thing anyone's ever said to me. But my heart is beyond fixing. I'm just a. I'm I'm just darkness surrounded by skin. I'm just a creature of the night. Just uh, I I understand that you you're not in a place where you feel ready to date seriously yet. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of what I'm saying. It's, you know, who knows what happens? Maybe if the stars come back and maybe if these weird creatures stop popping up everywhere. Then you, you know, would date me? If the world, you know, came back to normal, yeah, you know, you, you promise if that happens, would I, you? Okay, yeah. Um, let's. I'll make a promise. I'll, <gasps> I'll, I'll date you. Uh, I'll be with you if you, if we, uh, save the world. Then it's sealed. Uh, and Erica, is it okay if you get kissed? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, let's do it. Koi leans in and kisses you as Oka on the mouth uh, and at at that moment rounding the corner as soon as Koi pulls away you see Rev standing yep. there <laughs> Koi goes oh whoops sorry um, I, I better get back to repairing the ship uh, and giggles sort of like a schoolgirl and gets up um, taking the, the drying net with them as they walk off Rev was standing there there's a moment where, where she looks at you Oka V. Voka. Um, is Koi, like, left? Yes. V's eyes, like, start to melt out of this Oka, these bright green eyes, and and white hair sort of, like, sprouts out, and just slowly, this tuxedo melts into V's, you know, normal garb, and the, the chrysalis robe spreads out around her. Uh, hello, Rev. Uh <laughs> She she doesn't let you say anything else. She just says, your friends want to talk. Uh, and she turns and strides away. Uh-oh. And V gets up and, <laughs> and uh, quickly follows. Okay. So V, you follow a very, kind of, she looks peeved, Rev, back to the your cabin. Uh, where I think Oka, you're just arriving as well from the other direction, from the woods. Uh, you see Rev tailed by V and Rev goes, ah, oh, there you are. Uh, your your friends want to talk. Sure, yeah, let's let's talk. I have, let's talk. Okay, kind of like glances behind them to where maybe 
maybe Solar is like coming after them a little bit. Uh, they like dart into the house before he can reach them. Is sure. someone following you? Listen, Dewey, when you're as cute as I am, somebody's always following you. Don't I know Also, it. when you look like me, there's always someone following you. Anyways, their eyes in the boat. Hey, 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 let's lock the door, make sure we're not being listened and on before we discuss this. Rev closes the door, locks it, and then draws all the shades. Thank you. Dewey, what did you just say about eyes? And Oka kind of like, they like rub their shoulder a little bit. They're like magical, scary red eyes, like like nightmare eyes in the, bo- in the bottom of that ship in the head researcher's room. And we cannot steal that boat with those on it. I think it's some sort of weapon. And if it's tied to the head researcher, getting away from him might spell nothing short of disaster. That's interesting. Our good friend, Mr. Kim, just told me that he is not quite so certain that the URL is everything that it says it is. And Dewey, I'm sure you... Wait, he doesn't work for them? No, he he does, but he is... Well, who he works for exactly is unclear. I have questions about the tag and... Hopefully he's going to get that for me right now, as well as your axe, Manaya. So we can look at the tag and the eyes. I can deal with a physical tag, but not, I don't know what to do about magic. That's why I wanted to ask you, V. You're more or less a magical expert. Magical glowing eyes. Oh, and Oka, right. Multitudes of eyes. They're red. You said they had symbols in the pupils? I mean, can I roll my my Hunter's Bane? Yes, you can. Go for it. While that's happening, let's say there's a quick knock at the door. And the four of you hear Mr. Kim's voice go, Hey, uh, got a package. Uh, Oka scurries over to the door, throws it open, grabs whatever's in his hands, and then slams it shut as fast as they can. <laughs> this is what happens when they go on a date. Normal. Who was that? It is the uh, Manai's axe, first of all, as well as like a little like brown package that you assume the tag is wrapped inside. They slam the door in his face and then they open it again really quick and they're like, you're missing 150 gold pieces. And they slam it again. <laughs> okay. What did you get on your Hunter's Bane? Unnatural 20. Okay. Uh, so based on everything Dewey described and the fact that this was divination magic turning into evocation... Divination with eyes, swirling irises, sort of void, red glow. Very ominous. Definitely feels evil. Um, It is also divination very likely. It's sort of ringing a bell with the blood scrying bowl Dr. Aluso gave you. So the eyes likely serve a similar purpose for Dr. Ting or or whoever was in there to use them as a portal or some way to interface with a greater entity or with someone else using similar magic, right? The fact that it transformed then into evocation magic means that this is rather a complex ward or a very sophisticated piece of magic that both allows Dr. Ting to communicate and also helps guard the secrets of his office. Oka kind of like bites the inside of their cheek and they're like, it's... um. I mean, it sounds like, uh, I mean, what do eyes do? Eyes see, you know? It's kind of like, I bet if I tried hard enough and had, like, a lot more fucking power in my body, I could probably make something like that out of Dr. Aluso's bowl. might just be its main, you know, homing pigeon back to the URL. Not that that is 
uh, oh, any oh, less ominous than it was before. Maybe I shouldn't have just told you that. Oh, um, I bet they didn't. I bet they weren't there. I, they, they saw probably, me. They saw you. They like they looked at you. Yeah. They, okay. That means they know I'm. Oh no, we can't steal the ship. They know oh. where I am. I mean, they they always know where I am, but they, yes, we can't but steal the ship. Well, I would like to interject, Dewey, that they know you're on ship, but if they don't know where ship is, they don't know where you are. And I mean, actually, you know what? I think V might be right, actually. And the the place they would expect you least to go is on the ship, right? If, you, if you're supposed to be running away. Like, if you don't run away, they'll probably just look for wherever you're going to go next, right? Like, maybe they wouldn't even know that you were there. Oka tries to comfort Dewey awkwardly. <laughs> Have you met? <laughs> Do you... We have to get rid of those eyes. It's right. The URL has technology far beyond anything that we could comprehend. They know where this ship is and they know where it's going to go if we take it. We just have to do this fast. I mean, V, how do you feel about you and I taking a look at that room? I mean, I could certainly look a little different so that uh, I could walk in there as looking like somebody. And Yeah, you maybe... do like to do that, don't you? I, oh. What the, what? Hi, Rev. Nope. That's it. Uh, and she, like, whittles her knife. V takes, like, a sits over a little bit further away in the room from Rev, feeling some weird all attention. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Dewey, you can take a look at the this, and Oka kind of puts the paper package down, tinker with it a little bit, and maybe we can check out that room. I mean, worse comes to worse, if we fireball it, do you think that we could fix the ship in time after we fireball it? Probably not. Someone has to keep Dr. Ting busy and the other researchers while I and whoever else is doing this. They can't come in. Oka looks at V. But I also looks at V. <laughs> You're the charlatan. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> and V, there are ways to keep people busy that don't involve mouths. <laughs> Wow! I feel called out right now. Well, I mean, she only knows how to use her mouth, right? It just keeps going and going and going and going. (laughs) I don't think you're helping, Oka. I don't think you're helping. Uh, Yes, fine. Let's, uh, I'll go. I'll think of something when I get there. So, Oka and Minaya, are you coming with me? I want to see what's in the room. Or at least be nearby to help if I need to. Oka, you go with Rev. V, if you can distract the scientists, I should be able to distract the, the deckhands. And I'll stay here and forge myself a new identity, because now they've seen me. <laughs> Dewey, why didn't you just... I mean, no offense, but have you considered doing that, like, earlier than this? Like, maybe just I right don't... off the bat? I have some identities in my bag here. I could give you some paperwork. Can you forge this thing off of my wrist? That's a little more troublesome, I think, right. friend. You go ahead and forge your own identities for now. Let's let's do this tonight. We don't have a lot of time left before the ship's repaired. Good. And do we all, in the meantime, I'll help you check that thing out. The collar, the th- tracker thing. Okay. 
I think maybe like we get a montage of like the sky turning like dark, you know, with like clouds rolling across the sunless horizon and it gets darker, darker, darker. And then we see like in sort of like quick time, you know, like a time lapse of like the sailors working on the ship, you know, they go on and off, on and off and on and off. And like the researchers coming in and out of their homes, going into the ship and out of the ship. Uh, and then as we slow down this time lapse and it becomes like real time again. Uh, and we see like some sailors still taking like a later night shift, but then like the captain's like, all right. Time to go indoors. It's not safe out here. Calling out to her sailors and they all nod and they decide to like, they start to like make their way down the gangplank. We zoom in on where the researchers are staying and we see Dr. Ting step out of his room into the darkness, actually, which is he's not accompanied by anyone, which is a little unusual. Uh, he steps out of the cabin and now V, it's go time. As Dr. Ting steps out of his house, what do you do? I'm going to wrap myself up in chrysalis rope and cast disguise self. I'm going to hold on to what, how I'm disguised self as. V actually has cleaned the rope, so it's very clearly chrysalis rope now. Okay, so you're going to just disguise your face? Like you're wrapped up in the robes? <laughs> so you look like a you, cocoon? You can't tell who I am on, with the robe all up and stuff. Do you have like yeah. a hood on, like over your face? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And I'm going to just walk up to the good doctor and... Be like, hello there. Dr. Ting pauses and you sort of see like his very like hollowed out, like like tired almost looking face. He pauses and says, I'm sorry, can I help you? V pulls down the hood to reveal the face of Adam. Oh and okay. s- says, hello there. Can I trouble you for some conversation? Who are you? Well, you know, I don't like to say too much about who I am. I'm just part of an organization that believes in helping the greater good through what we believe to be the chrysalis. Ah, uh, his eyes like fall over your robe. He like takes you in, like sees what you're wearing, says, Adam, O. And like a different look of like the second O looks different. You know, would you like to roll insight to see what that expression is? Hell yeah, I would like to roll insight. Ooh, 18. Okay, it is a mixture of distrust and interest and a kind of familiarity. He's heard of you before. He's heard Mm. of Adam before. Okay, fine. But I have to check in. I don't have a lot of time. And he jerks his head uh, off to the side and leads you into like a sort of like for like darkened area of the South Shore. Do you follow? Yes, definitely. Okay. And as Dr. Ting, we like pan away from Dr. Ting leading V Adam like into into the darkness and we pan to Oka, Rev, and Manaya sneaking through using the cover of darkness up the gangplank, right? So I need both of you to just make a quick stealth check for me. Take a look at my stealth check. Nat 20! Very nice. Uh, 23. Awesome. What did you get, Manaya? 18. Oh, great. That's awesome. Okay, so I think what that means is with your high stealth checks, I'm not even going to make Rev roll. She's just able to, like, you're able to help her along. Uh, you, the three of you, like, slink onto the gangplank. You see Dr. Ting leading VOA. Rev stops in front of the, the aforementioned trap door uh, that Dewey had. I'm assuming, like, pointed out which one was the one he went into. She flings it open and gestures for the two of you to go in first. Yep, I think Oka slinks in. Is Manaya staying, are you coming down with us or are you staying up on the deck to make sure the captain doesn't find us? Right, to like keep watch. I think Dewey would stay on the bank somewhere like shaded and like keep an eye out on the gangplank. Oh, Dewey, you don't, you're not going to take, you're not going to try to like tinker with the tag? 
I want to make sure this goes well, and then I can tinker with it later. Okay, sounds good. As Elka goes in, Manaya's actually going to put a hand on their shoulder and say, if there's any crew in there, I need to talk them down. Uh, let me go first. Oka leans back and lets Manaya in. Manaya, go down first, and as your heavy boots drop onto the wooden slats at the end of this ladder, there's no light down here. Oka, you follow, and your boots also thud onto the wood. What do you do? How do you light the way? If Manaya procures a torch, Oka will cast light on the tip of it. Okay, sounds good. Manaya, you take out a torch, and the tip of it begins to glow, and Rev follows as well. So let's say, Dewey, you are keeping watch uh, at the end of the gangplank. Have you brought the tag out with you, Dewey? I think so. Okay, are you going to tinker with it while they're, like, slinking? Yeah, I'm going to try and take it apart and keep an eye out. Dewey, as you carefully unfurl this package and you set, settle down with your tools out, right? Maybe using, like, a rock or, like, a bench nearby as, a, like, an improvised workbench. Rev also comes down, and guided by the light of Manaya's torch and Oka's magic, the three of you carefully tiptoe your way down this hallway. Manai, you don't see any deckhands about. Uh, you do see that each of the doors that line either side of this corridor are named, or with each of like the researchers' names. You see Solar Kim's as one of the first. You see like Doctor Pelpone. You see Doctor Sato. You see Doctor Tiktabad. Uh, until you reach the final door, and as you get closer and closer, especially as you're about like halfway down the corridor, the three of you feel unease, crackling through the air almost like static or electricity, like settling into your marrow, worming its way inside your chest. This feeling of like, it's getting a little harder to breathe. Your breathing feels a little shallow, a little tight, a little labored. And unbeknownst to you, perhaps like your body begins to sweat a little. It begins to collect around your armpits and sweat begins to tickle down your neck, you know, like rolling down through uh, your turtleneck oka and down past uh, your cut short trench coat, Manaya. It's similar to the kind of pressure, let's say, you felt when you were around the Raven Queen and around uh, Yudabathi, but there's something different about this as well. It's not as strong, first of all. It's not like you, you're almost brought to your knees. There's something different about this. As you get closer and closer, Rev goes, <sighs> you feeling that? Manaya stops and turns around. Yeah, okay. Vinash doing anything? Is Vinash doing anything? You feel Vinash begin to stir in your chest. I think like little tiny like s sparks of red electricity start like kind of like popping off of Oka's skin. And they like throw a long look at Manaya and they're like, he's awake. But Oka is trying to tap into something to try to like, if this is a god, could they try to figure out which one it is? Uh, can I roll religion? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. 21. I'm rolling really wow. well tonight. As you pause before, like, getting any closer, let's say, uh, to this fucked up door at the end of this hallway. Okay, this is similar to the feeling of dread, unease, and despair that you have in your nightmares. When you're looking up at this huge thing with a thousand wings and a thousand eyes, the feeling is very similar. Rev just goes, I don't know about this, it's... You know what? Fuck it. Let's go. Wait, 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 wait. Oka kind of like grabs onto Rev's arm. And like the thing that Mr. Kim was saying about the URL being doomsday cultists is like, it's like, Oka's like, uh-oh, oh boy, here we go. Uh-oh, sisters. Uh-oh, sisters. 
you know, I kind of thought Dewey was just being a little bit paranoid. I think whatever is behind that door wants to kill us. So, good thing we're in the court. And Rev strides forward bravely, puts a hand on the knob, and opens the door. Outside of Mahu's favor, Dewey, you have unfurled this tag. It's small, maybe the size of, um, half the size of your palm. How are you investigating it? Um, I'm looking for any, like, little screws on it. Anywhere I can, like, open it, maybe? Or, because I assume it's just kind of like a, there's nothing on the surface that I can mess with. Sure. Why don't you roll plus um, profi- your proficiency with your tinker's tools? 15. Okay. Uh, as you're turning this chip over, you're, you're noticing clear signs of wear and tear on it that would date this, right? And this chip feels to you anywhere with your 15 between 5 to 10 years old, somewhere in that range. And you're noticing like some like signature, like this looks like an older model of like more like modern like tracking chips. You can definitely put this in a machine to get data. You, you don't have access to the machine right now, but you did at the URL. It would, it would take a long time to build this machine. You know, I don't know if you could with the materials you have right now, but you know where to find such a machine. It would be in Uhanahi. Would I have any idea of the project that uh, produced this thing? Because I was working there five to ten years ago. Maybe? Sure. Yeah, you were. Um, th- well, you were in hardware and hardware would manufacture like capture and release tags for like weird monsters and creatures for wetware who is the other department at the url which does research into entities and and beasts and monsters and animals and whatnot each chip is sort of like has like a serial code on it that would like designate the project that it was for um and you look at the serial code here and it is one you don't recognize this is not a project you worked on if you could get like a, a directory or like a list of serial codes, you could probably find the name of the project, but you don't have one on hand. It would probably be in Dr. Ching's room, though. Just so yeah. You know. Yeah. With this information in tow, let us flash back on the ship before we go to V. Back on the ship, Rev has pushed open this door. The three of you see exactly what I described to Dewey. You see dozens of eyes everywhere just glowing red their irises swirling and as soon as like rev opens the door that feeling of unease like hits you like a truck it's all going over you and all of the irises fix onto all three of you they're like transforming transmogrifying shapes and colors and void swirls and manaya and oka i need the two of you to make a charisma saving throw a charisma saving throw (laughs) i know this is some high level shit babe (gasps) is that a nat one it's not a nat one, but I have a minus two. What'd you get, Oka? Three. Ooh, okay. I beat you by one. I got a four. Okay, so y'all have two points of a collective inspiration, and Oka, you still have one personal inspiration. Would you like to use them? Interested to see where this goes. <laughs> I'm kind of also interested to see where this goes. Max is like, absolutely the fuck not. Okay. I will give you both inspiration for taking the L. Oka and Manaya, the two of you are like flanking Rev on either side. As you peer in at the threshold, the two of you feel like rooted to the spot as these eyes are fixed on on the three of you. Um, Ooh, what would be fun? What would be fun? What would be fun? The three of you hear a voice that sort of seems to come from everywhere and nowhere at once, just sort of like filling your heads. And this voice is not speaking in a language you understand, just like all the other gods' voices, right? 
very similar. But for some reason, you know what they're saying. And this voice says, Three paragons in a basket. Jackpot. And there's like a noise, like a, a, a cannon revving up. Beams of black light shoot out of the irises. They hit each other. They intersect at like a vector. And then from all these dozens of vectors intersecting, three beams shoot out and they pierce through you, Oka. They pierce through Rev and they pierce through you, Manaya, all through your chest. And I need the three of you to make a constitution saving throw. Wow, we're just rolling on my worst stats, aren't we? Yes. You're a blood hunter. You should have a high constitution. Fuck you. 16. 24. 24. Okay. So what happens is as these three beams of light pierce through your respective chest, it's like getting like hit by like a train. You're just boom. You're like, it's like a huge impact. And I think even with your high saves, the two of you, Okam and I, you like involuntarily stagger backward a little from the force of this beam hitting you. And Oka, with your 16, it is an odd feeling. Vinash is being blown out of you. Uh, you can feel Vinash like, like hitting the back of your soul, you know, and then he begins to go through the back, like go through your back. And Manaya, with your high constitution saving throw, I'm going to give you a chance to help Oka here a little bit. You see Oka like the lightning begins to spark off of their skin. And then you see like a, a red light begin to pour out of Oka's back. So Manaya, in that split second, what do you do? Her first instinct, I think, is to save Oka. Damas decision time. She's going to yell Oka and then grab their arm and put herself in front of them to try to block the blast. So you save you save Oka's life, but I think Vinash is uh, no, I want it back. Okay. <laughs> Give it back. Okay. Okay. Uh, if it's going anywhere, it's a scramble. Oka is tearing at everything they have to get it back. It's I love that. It's not going anywhere. You feel Vinash leave you, and it's like a huge emptiness. Uh, as all of you see, like a just a spark. You see Vinash's true form, which is just a ball of red lightning, sparking everywhere, and it's. Like blasting mini holes, like through the walls, and like ripping up like the hallway, you know, ripping up the carpet, uh, and then Vinash, like tears back through your back, and uh, like blows out through the front of your chest, through that scar, like that's across your solar plexus, and it goes through Manaya too, but it's sort of like a ghost phasing through a wall. It doesn't tear through you so violently, and you see that black light is still being sustained. It's almost like it's acting as a tractor beam like pulling Vinash toward the eyes. And you see past the open door, the eyes have changed into mouths and they're all yawning open with teeth, like chomping, chomping, chomping as Vinash is getting pulled closer and closer to these mouths. Oka, how do you save Vinash? What is the price you pay to save Vinash? And we're gonna cut to V. V, as Adam, Dr. Ting has sort of pulled you to a secluded area, like by the cabins pauses and says, what do you want? I'm a great admirer of your work. My group has also been experimenting with these creatures. We've been able to use some of their powers to generate the guise of human beings. Uh, I'm seeing the types of creatures that uh, seem to follow you all around, and I'm a great admirer. I'm here You want to take credit? To... Not at all. You want to take credit for my work? 
Not at all. You can totally have the credit for your work. I think we should work together, exchange notes. I think I'm here to talk to my double agent, which is the elf, Sister V. Mm. And I need her in in Telemod as soon as possible. So she's going to do some stuff to sabotage the boat to get it to Talamod. And what I need you to do, to, to my understanding, you're supposed to retrieve a bag of souls from V, correct? Not just a bag. As many souls as we can get. Well, here's the important thing. That that bag of souls is going to be rigged with explosives, so do not accept it on the boat. What do you, but, mean, what do you allow mean? Allow V to give it to you you know, at least a hundred feet away from the boat. Oh, they're trying to in, double cross us, are they? If you accept the bomb on the boat, the boat's going to get destroyed. I promise you. That won't do. <sighs> Does the bodyless know you're here? Let's just say. He interrupts you. You know, you have no jurisdiction over me, right? These are just suggestions. I report to her directly. That's completely acceptable. I have no problem with that. I am just simply saying we should work together in this moment. I need V over in Talamod. You probably want to keep your boat. So just when the exchange happens, stay off the boat. And I would stay away from the bag itself until V, uh, you know, steps away from as well. And if you have, just consider that bag very dangerous. Let Let the bag be out there. Fine. I suppose I appreciate your heads up. I had a feeling I couldn't trust the four of them. The five of them, I guess. Something about them didn't sit right to me. Especially that gray-skinned one with the double pupils. I have a hunch about that one. I... I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too ahead of myself, but... I don't know. Your, uh, your inside woman, this V. Are any of them paragons? I mean... I thought you would have already known. I didn't get the chance to run my tests yet. I'm trying to play this safe. (sighs) A little too safe, in my opinion. Look, Adam. I know all about you. Bastard blown out of time. You don't even belong here. What do you think you're trying to do? Kissing up to me, kissing up to the bodiless. You're not trying to supplant me, are you? Not at all. I see an opportunity as one con man to a, a network of people trying to get ahead in this world. And I'm just trying to get my little slice. Alright, I'll take your advice, but I'll give you nothing in return. You're not having the ship. I'm taking it. They're going out to that, uh, Raven's Eye for whatever reason. I think that's a good opportunity for us to take what they have. And for me to run my tests, I I need to make sure uh, that they're just random people. I I don't know, I have a gut feeling. I'm sorry, you can't have Mahu's favor. I can't let you bring her to Talmud. Well, it's understandable. Maybe, perhaps, in the future we can do business, but I'm just... Just be wary. When the exchange happens, stay away from the boat if you want to keep your boat. Fine. But don't think this makes me owe you anything, Adam. Well, maybe when the time comes and Adam, like, starts to put the hood over and, like, starts to stand up a little bit, like, when the time comes, maybe we can do business. And if you ever need anything, just talk to the elf and... Adam starts like walking into the darkness. He nods and 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 lets you lets you walk away into the darkness. And I think the last thing he says uh, as you're walking away and to end our session with, you might be making mother proud, 
but I'll make her prouder. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Transplaner. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. Music is by Connie Chong, CIS, Fezlian Studios, and Soundstripe. Audio mixing is done by Mike Graham. Give them a follow on Twitter at OMikeGram. Podcast editing is done by Connie Chong and C. Thomas. New podcast episodes drop every other Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanerRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanerRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Abigail Rytel... Azura, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Mitzi, Moonflower Tea, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Rue.